Welcome back to Agent Investor, inspiring stories of active agents investing in real estate and building passive income. In a business where potential deals are all around you, why not leverage your skills to invest for yourself, your family, and your future? And now, let's jump into the latest episode of Agent Investor. And we are live. What is going on, my friends? Tuesday at 11 o'clock, Tuesday at 11 o'clock, every single week. I host a live stream helping agents invest in real estate. And um, we are fresh off of our two-day agent investor event where, man, if you did not make it, I don't know. Come on. We've been promoting this for so long, and I can tell you that that event was awesome. The feedback that I got and you know, if you are connected in any way on social media with anybody who attended the event, I'm actually overwhelmed at how positively the event was received, how many people tagged me, um, telling me there was a great event. And of course, you know, it's not all just about me. There were multiple speakers at the event and my staff really executed at a level that, um, you know, it's just everything kind of went right. And I know that almost everybody left that event feeling like it was worth their time. You know, the, the true kind of measure of how successful a free event is, is how many people show up for day two. So I think we had roughly about, you know, 200 people show up for day one. And at a free event, it's, you know, there's no commitment. People are free to leave. We had almost 100% retention on day two, which again is just um, phenomenal. Um, at some point, we will be um, we will be announcing another event. We're talking through a number of different topics and locations, and we've got a lot of different things that we've been thinking about. Whether you know, if we have the event in February or March, do we take it? to a warm location. If we have it in February and March, what should the topics be? Should it be an event all focused on apartments? Should it be an event focused all on agent investor systems? And this will be the kind of stuff that if you're an agent investor Facebook member, um, we're going to ask you for your feedback because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter where I want the event to be. It doesn't really matter what I want the topics to be. It's how can we help you um, take your six-figure agent business and turn it into a seven-figure investor business. So with that being said, as we're getting some people on the line right now, what do you wish the next event should be about? Like what topics would get you to say, okay, maybe I'm on the fence, but I'm definitely going to show up if this happens. Type into the comment section if you've got a second, because again, your feedback is what propels us to, to make decisions. So if we have another event, say we have it in March or April or February, whenever we do have it, what is the topic that you want to make sure that we cover? Type into the, into the comment section now. What's the topic that you want to cover that if we did cover it, you would absolutely make sure that you would attend in February or March? 
So again, just tap into the comment section what the topic would be that, again, would, would draw you in, would make you say, okay, I am absolutely 100% on board to attending in February or March or April. And the second question I want to ask all of you as you're typing in the topic that you want to make sure is covered in the upcoming event is whether or not you would travel. Now, of course, probably 75% of the people that showed up for the event that we had last week are all in New England. You know, we are uh, we were fortunate enough to get a bunch of people, you know, driving from New York and New Jersey and Connecticut and flying from North Carolina and other parts of the country. My question to all of you on this is would you prefer if we had an event in February, would you want it to be in Greater Boston so it's super convenient that you can show up and attend? Or would you prefer to be someplace warm so that we could have some sort of like, you know, something to kind of look forward to? So type into the comment section whether you would prefer our next agent investor event to be local or whether you would prefer it to be somewhere sunny, maybe in Florida or maybe in a place like that. So again, just put local or put destination in the comment section so I, I can get you know, some feedback. Uh, somebody said, you know my answer. I don't know your answer. So it's either one or, one or the other. Either we're uh, hopping on a plane or we're staying local. So type that into the comment section so that I know. And again, I'll ask you guys for feedback more you know, as time goes on. All right, cool. So with that being said, we have a specific topic that we want to cover. I'm going to just put it out there again for all of you. Look, um, I'm going to teach on this topic today. I'm going to do a lot of screen sharing on this topic today um, and, and all of that stuff. But all of your feedback is invaluable. If there is anything that I'm covering that you have questions on that you want me to stop, stop me. I will cover it in more detail. But today is all about adding a cash offer to your listing appointment. And at the event, I told the story about how I did my first investing deal. My first investing deal was actually just a listing appointment that I ended up converting into an investment deal. And I told the story about how I went on that listing appointment. I pushed for that listing. I wanted that listing. I was looking forward to my $10,000 commission. That's what I focused on. The seller wanted no part of a listing. She did not want her neighbors into the property. Her house needed a ton of work. She had a lot of stuff in her house. You may call her a hoarder. Um, maybe, maybe not. She was kind of in that realm. And she didn't want anybody to see the inside of her house. So long story short, because I had a mentor and I had somebody that taught me what to do, I ended up converting that from a listing into a $115,000 profit investment deal. I also told the story about how I partnered with Team WB, who is a team that is at my brokerage, but they're also in the inner circle, and how they came across a listing appointment where their friend's mom sadly passed away, house needed a ton of work, they went into the appointment, and because they're agent investors, because they know to look for this stuff, they ended up converting that into an investment deal. We partner with them, and I told a story on stage. They told the story on stage where they made $300,000, and they partner with us. We both made over well over six figures each, 
But again, when we talk about doing investing deals, especially when you're going on a listing appointment, it has to be a win-win-win, right? When I say a win-win-win, it has to be a win for the agent. When the agent goes out, they meet with a seller. The seller doesn't want to list their house. They want to sell to an investor. It has to be a win for the agent. It also has to be a win for the seller, right? So the seller has to get what they want. And I talked about the statistics at the event, but 10 to 20% of all sellers would prefer to sell directly to an investor. And I'm going to give you all just some examples, but I, I do want to say this, and this is where, you know, I get some pushback and I see stuff written sometimes online or I have conversations in private where there's a, there can be a misunderstanding on the part of some agents about why a cash offer is valuable. In fact, I sometimes see people, you know, write online or they allude to online something along the lines of like investors try to steal sellers' homes. And I'm an agent, so therefore I'm going to help them get top dollar for their house. And therefore, that is the right thing to do. Now, if you're sitting there and you're listening to this and you've never done an investment deal like this before, it can be hard to understand why somebody would ever want to sell their house for below fair market value when they could get fair market value. Now, Stephanie of Team WB, who is up on the stage at the event, talked about the fact that when she met with her friend, whose mom just passed away, that friend broke down and started crying, thinking about all of the things that would be needed to do in order to get that house ready for sale. She did not want to list her house. She had just gone through a point in her life, her mom just passed away unexpectedly. The last thing she wanted to think about was putting thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars into that house, getting that house prepared for sale, taking more time owning that house, paying the monthly mortgage on that property, paying the taxes on that house to net more money. So I'm going to talk about a few examples of like how to identify like who is an investment seller. But the mindset shift that you need to have if you're going to be successful adding a cash offer to your listing appointment is understanding that 10 to 20% of all sellers want a cash offer and would be better off taking a cash offer than listing. I do want to be clear about this. Most sellers do not want a cash offer. So here's the thing. When you decide and you make the decision that, hey, I am going to bring a cash offer to all of my appointments. This is not you trying to convince a seller who has no need for the easy process that a cash offer gives to try to sell them a cash offer. This is not you walking into a home, talking to a seller, having the seller tell you over and over again on the appointment that the most important thing to them is getting top dollar, and then you turning around and saying, yeah, yeah, getting top dollar is fine, but here's all the benefits of the cash offer. You should sell cash. So I really want to be clear about that because, again, I see a lot of misconceptions where people believe that investors, maybe some investors are doing this, but the way that we teach it, we're going out there, 
we're taking a consultative approach, which is what you should always do on every single listing appointment you ever go on, right? It doesn't matter what you want. And this is something that you have to kind of think about. And this took me a while to understand this. It's not what about what, what you want. You might want to take it as a listing and get them top dollar. Or you may want to buy the house cash, but it doesn't matter what you want. It's what is in the best interest of the client. So you have to understand that most of the time when you go on a listing appointment and you bring a cash offer, it's just not going to make sense for the seller. That's okay. That's to be expected. And it also doesn't really matter what you want because the seller is always going to do what makes the most sense for them anyways. You are just a facilitator of either listing the home or doing a cash offer. Now, I talked about this at the event the other day, but most of the time when me and my team go on a cash offer appointment, we go on the appointment, we talk to the seller, and the seller ultimately usually ends up saying something to the effect of, hey, you're the cash offer person. If I sell cash, I'm going to sell to you. But if I list my home, I'm going to list with my friend who's a real estate agent. That should never happen. Should never happen. And agents miss out on these deals because of the fact that they are thought of and they have put out there that, hey, I'm the person that only has one solution. I am the person that helps you fix your home, stage your home, take beautiful pictures, get it ready for two months, have a big open house, get as many people through the house as possible. I am not the person who, if that's not the solution, that you can go to and I'll give you a cash offer. You need to be both, right? In my opinion, in my opinion, because if you're not, you're going to lose 10 to 20% of all of those deals. You're going to lose 10 to 20% of your business who's not going to even call you because they're going to call me first. They're going to call Tom Caffarella, the investor first, and the conversation is going to be like, hey, Tom, what are you going to offer me if you offer me a price that I want and the terms that I want, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell to you. I'm not even going to call my friend. So you've got to get that through your mind that you're losing opportunities right now. But not only are you losing opportunities, some of these opportunities are going to be your biggest hits of income. Again, talking about my first investing deal, I made $115,000 on that first investing deal, which at the time was like 10 commissions for me. So I basically did about a whole year's worth of commissions in one investing deal because I provided that seller with the solution that she wanted. Now, because it was my first investing deal and because I didn't know what I was doing, she basically told me, I'm not listing. If you can find an investor for my property, I'll work with you. If not, then I'm not going to work with you. Okay. And then again, we talked about Team WB. They went on this listing appointment. They ended up partnering with us on that deal. We split a $300,000 profit. We made $150,000 each, which was a win, win, but it was a win for the seller because the seller got to walk away. She's worried about her mom passing away. She does not want to get the house ready for sale. She doesn't want to get the house ready to pass FHA inspection. And quite frankly, we got kind of lucky. We made a lot more. This property sold about six months ago at the absolute pinnacle of the market. We got way more for this house than we should have. We locked out, but it was a win, win, win situation. 
if you have gotten to the point now where you've understood mentally, hey, 10 to 20% of all sellers um, prefer a cash offer, the next thing is, well, how do I how do I identify it? Because one thing that I don't like to do, and you're really not supposed to do necessarily in sales, is you never want to give people two options. You want to give them one option, right? Even if you have two options, you want to give them one option because the last thing you want to do is confuse somebody. When people are confused, they don't take action. So that begs the question of like, how do I determine if my listing appointment might be a cash offer? What I will tell you is that there are a lot of obvious ways, but there are also some more subtle things that happen when you talk to a person both before the listing appointment and on the listing appointment that are less subtle. And so one of the most obvious things that I'm sure all of you can understand is condition of the home, okay? Typically speaking, when the house needs a ton of work, there's a higher probability it's going to go investor. Typically speaking, when the house needs less work, it's going to more traditionally go retail. But that's not the whole story. Because at the end of the day, people are choosing the investment route not just because of the condition of their home. They're really picking the investor option because of the benefits that it provides. Let me go through a few of these benefits. Like why would somebody sell their house for less money? Because they're getting some other benefit, okay? In no particular order, these are the benefits of selling to an investor. Number one, you close on your time frame. Now, a lot of people think, oh, geez, that means somebody wants to close in 15 days. Actually, it's usually quite the opposite. And in the last few years, one of the biggest benefits that people have gotten from selling directly to us is they've been able to go out shopping for another home, looking for another apartment, and they can make an offer with no contingencies. We've got a cash offer on their home. We will close and buy their house on the day that they want, whether that's 15 days, six months, or a year. What does that allow that person to do? Well, in a tight inventory market like we've been in, it allows a person to go out, not have to make a rush judgment, not have to overpay for a house that they don't want. They can take their time, they can be patient, but when they're ready to act, they can put in an offer with no home sale contingency because they don't need one because we're a guarantee. Okay? That part is really important. They can take their time, and this is attractive to really anybody. Again, all of the cash offer benefits, they're great benefits. They're attractive to everyone. Is somebody willing to take a discount in order to get them? That's the question that you need to answer. But that's one benefit. Second benefit, no inspection. Guys, if you're in New England, our houses are 100 years old. Every house fails inspection, right? Every house needs work. Every house has something that needs to be done in the future. It was less of a benefit six months ago. Now that buyers are having inspections again, now that buyers are using inspections to renegotiate again, this becomes a bigger value prop, okay? Third thing, no financing contingency. I just sold my parents' house to a retail buyer. It was actually one of the agents in my office that was the, the buyer agent. 
took us four months to close. Why did it take us four months to close? We had the loan lined up. Buyer looked great on paper. Loan officer told us we were good to go. Turns out that one of the buyers that was on the mortgage only had temporary employment. Lender found out. They kicked them out. They said, hey, deal's dead. You can't buy this house anymore. Nobody knew. The buyer didn't know it was going to be a problem. The mortgage officer didn't know it was going to be a problem. I didn't know it was going to be a problem. All of a sudden, that deal that seemed solid wasn't. They ended up in this scenario. They had to put another one of their family members on the loan. Turns out that other family member just got a job. They had to wait a month to be able to qualify again. Took us four months to sell a house that should have taken us six weeks, not for any other reason than, than for the financing. You're seeing, I guarantee in this market right now, you're seeing that the financing is becoming a little bit more problematic than it used to be. Okay? That'll continue. Okay? Another huge value prop of selling direct cash. Again, these are all things that you need to know because you need to work with the seller to assess. If any of these are important, like they're all good, but are they important enough? Okay. Next thing is leave your stuff behind. Anybody who owns a home, myself included, anytime I move, we have a bunch of stuff that we want, and then we have a whole bunch of leftover stuff that we really have to figure out what to do with. Getting rid of that stuff is not only a hassle, it's extremely costly. Um, it on average ends up being eight to ten thousand dollars. We pay for that if we're buying the house direct. So all of this stuff, of course, it all sounds really good, right? Cash, no contingencies of any kind, leave your stuff behind, you know, take your time or don't take your time finding a property, do whatever you want. These are all the benefits. The con is you're getting less money. So when you are out talking to somebody, there are certain times and certain scenarios that you're going to identify where it's like, oh, the cash offer benefit is so big that it actually makes sense for them to take the cash offer. Okay. Few examples. And there are literally over 30. One example, person is losing their house. That's the most obvious one that people always think about. Or they have a specific tight timeline like, hey, I'm moving to another state. When you have to close very quickly, meaning like three or four or five weeks, selling retail won't get it done anymore. Selling retail in five or six or seven weeks was almost a guarantee six months ago. A lot of people who would have taken a cash offer six months ago didn't have to. They didn't have to because buyers were buying no contingencies. Loans were going through super fast. That has changed. So tight, tight time frame. If anybody says to you, hey, I've got an auction coming up, I have to move by this date, or moving on any specific date is important to me. Hey, I'm moving in six months. I want to close six months exactly. If there is a very if the if the time frame is very important, again, how are you going to know this? You're asking the questions. Where are you going after? Why? Is there a timeline issue? When do you need to sell by? What happens if you don't sell by that timeline? When there's a timeline issue, cash becomes very important. Condition. Some houses will not pass FHA or VA or any other type of financing. When that is the case, 
and the person does not want to put the, the work into the house. It becomes an obvious where cash might make sense. Another example where cash might make sense. They've got tenants. Maybe they have problem tenants. Maybe the tenants won't let somebody in the property. And you go, oh, well, you know, they could get top dollar if they got the tenant out, but maybe they can't. So maybe they need to sell cash. Other examples. Multiple people inherit a home. Okay? When multiple people inherit a home, there usually is one person who's kind of like the person in charge. And the person in charge typically has a lot of responsibilities. The person in charge sometimes will take control, will put money into the house, will handle the wholesale, and then split the proceeds evenly, and they'll be happy to do that. There's not really a huge benefit for them to doing this. And they say, you know what? If I'm splitting the proceeds three or four or five ways, maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe we should all just take $5,000 less and sell direct, okay? Hey everyone, this is Tom Caffarella. I wanna quickly interrupt the podcast to number one, thank all of my loyal listeners of the Agent Investor Podcast and tell you guys really quickly about an exciting event we have coming up. Uh, it's a two-day event. It's called the Passive Income Real Estate Investor Event um, that you can find out more details at PassiveIncomeEvent.com. We're going to be doing a two-day training session teaching all of the agents and all of the investors at the event on how to achieve financial freedom through real estate. If you're like me and your goal is to not work 80, 100 hours a week grinding, selling real estate, flipping homes, um, definitely check out this event. We're going to teach you how to build a passive income portfolio so that you can retire, so that you can work when you want, how you want, and ultimately achieve financial freedom. So again, go to PassiveIncomeEvent.com for more details. And we look forward to seeing you at the upcoming event. So these are all kind of like examples. They kind of like are obvious where it might make sense for somebody to sell direct to an investor. Now, again, you're not pushing the investor option. You know, when you get out to a home and most of the conversation is like, if I do this, can I get more money? If I do that, can I get more money? If I wait until the spring, can I get more money? If they are focused on getting top dollar, cash doesn't make sense. And that's going to be... 80%, 85% of all of the people that you meet with. When they keep talking top dollar, top dollar, top dollar, cash is not a great option. When somebody says top dollar, top dollar, top dollar, I might say something like, you know, the market's changing a little bit. What we're going to do is we're going to do everything we can to get you top dollar. I just want to let you know that I do have an option for you to take a cash offer if you ever need it. It doesn't sound like, based on what we've talked about, that this is going to probably make a lot of sense for you, but just know, because I work with a lot of investors or I am an investor, if we ever got to the point where a month into this, the house isn't selling and you're just ready to be done, I've got this cash offer in my back pocket, but because you told me getting the most amount of money is the most important thing, here are the repair recommendations I'm going to make. Here are the staging recommendations I'm going to make. Here are the photos I'm going to recommend doing. This is the date I want the house on the market to get the most amount of eyeballs. This is the marketing I want to do. 
again, your traditional retail pitch, right? But just letting them know, hey, I do have another alternative. If you need it, you probably won't need it. The market's a little bit you know, wacky right now, but just have this in your back pocket. Timing is important. I don't want to do repairs. I'm not worried about getting the most amount of money. I just want an easy process. I don't want to let my neighbors know that I'm selling. I don't want people in my house. I don't want a big open house. When they're saying things, they're saying money's less important than the convenience. Then that's what I'm going to go in and basically be like, hey, just to let you know, I am a traditional retail agent. You know this. That's probably why you contacted me. I do have another alternative. It might make sense for you. I want to cover kind of all the benefits, the reasons this might work for you, the pricing, and then talk to you a little bit about the retail side of the business, how that might work. But based on everything that we just said, I have a feeling that in the end, you're going to kind of opt more towards taking a cash offer. So for all of you who are live right now, I just want to pause for one second. Is all of this stuff making sense? Type into the comment section if it's making sense or if you do have any questions on what we covered so far. Because I do want to go next on showing you guys, and I'm going to share my screen, like how we make offers. Because our team goes on over 100 face-to-face -face seller appointments a week. Um, we are in the living rooms of a ton of people. We're having these conversations. We're doing this over and over again. But does this make sense? And or do you have any other questions before I kind of go into how we kind of like figure all of this stuff out? Okay. So what I'm about to show you is how we calculate offers. And I'm going to show you exactly what we do. So by the way, if you are an Inner Circle member and you can learn more about joining the Inner Circle by setting up a call by going to www agentinvestorinnercircle.com. Again, that's agentinvestorinnercircle.com. If you are an Inner Circle member, we will actually run all the comps for you, and we will put together what we call our CMA packet, and we will tell you the offer that is needed for us to buy the property and partner with us. Part of being in the Inner Circle is we will partner with agents on deals, if you want. We'll put up the money, we'll do the construction, we'll do a profit share split based on the, the numbers that we give you. So if you're already in the inner circle, you know that this is a benefit. You may have already partnered with us on the deal. If you're not in the inner circle and you want to learn more about the inner circle, again, go to www.agentinvestorinnercircle.com. But I'm going to show you an example of a property that we put under contract, a recent one that we bought. All right, so this is a... This is a property that we actually just put under contract last week, 120 Hampshire in Springfield, Mass. And so for every appointment that we go out on, we run a CMA. But this isn't like your traditional you know, retail CMA. I would recommend running a traditional retail CMA, but this is not your traditional retail CMA. This is a cash offer CMA. And again, if you're in the inner circle, this is what we do for you on every single appointment that you go on. Now, this CMA is 21 pages, and I'm going to like whip through this really quick. One takeaway I want you all to have right now is that 
before every appointment we go on, we have a number in mind. Like we've already calculated out what we think a range of our cash offer is going to be. And we do that because we want to be able to act if this is, an, this is an investment deal. One thing I'm sure that you all have learned is when you go on any sort of sales you know, appointment or call or anything, you have to be ready to go. You have to make sure that you're ready to sign on the dotted line on that appointment because the second that you walk away, you're automatically going to introduce competition. Now, I know that some of you are probably going on a lot of appointments with people in your sphere of influence, and you might think, well, you know, my cousin it will never, you know, talk to anybody else. They'll never, you know, have anybody else in their house. But I can almost guarantee that if you've been in the business for more than like two or three years, you've had that kind of come back to bite you in the butt where you thought somebody was never going to shop you, they were never going to use anybody else, and then all of a sudden, you're not prepared to sign a document or you kind of give them an easy out. And then all of a sudden they've got a listing appointment or a cash offer appointment with somebody else. And then you lose the deal. So you've got to be prepared before you go out on an appointment. You've got to be prepared to close the appointment retail and you've got to be prepared to close the appointment cash. So I'm going to walk through with you guys again, what we do before every appointment. And again, if you have an appointment and you're in the inner circle, this is literally what we do for you. For every appointment you go on, we're going to give you one of these. All right, so 160 Hampshire Street in Springfield, Mass. Kind of quick things because I could spend all day kind of going through this, but mortgage balance of 40000 That's important because if their mortgage balance is too high, they can't take a cash offer. Okay, so their mortgage balance was low. Their Zillow value was 208. We all know Zillow is not the end all be all, but it's important. Year built 1905. Why is that important? Well, it's an old home. Most homes that we are in New England are old, but you know, if it's built after 1980, I'm thinking less about cash. I'm looking at the assessed value to kind of get a baseline of like what they might think it's worth. Now, here I'm going to show you how we come to this cash offer. But this was the offer that my salespeople had before they went out on the appointment. So if you kind of like run the numbers really quick, we believe the after repair value or what the property is worth after renovation is worth $240,000. How did we get to that number? Well, we ran comps on this property and we looked for a renovated home that's in that area that has about the same bed, same baths, but is renovated. And that sales price, as you guys can see here, was 238500 So if you kind of like look, and you look at the, the condition of this home, this is not like a 10 out of 10 home, but it's in fairly good condition. It probably doesn't need a whole lot of upgrades. And you can see that it's in good condition. It can sell retail. And this is what we believe, again, the property is going to be worth after it's renovated. So again, about $240,000, which kind of makes sense to me. And this is like, you know, an anecdote that I like to use. But in the last few years, typically speaking, um, our after repair value is typically going to be a little bit over the estimate. Now, that's not a hard and fast rule, but that's kind of like what we have found to be the case. Okay. so. We have that two hundred and thirty-eight thousand dollar 
um, after repair value. We put in here a $65,000 repair estimate. Of course, before going into the property, we don't know what the repair budget is going to be. So the people on my team are trained to use our repair calculator, which by the way, if you're in the inner circle, you get access to our repair calculator. It's very easy to use. And like I said, it was created by me, basically for me, a CPA who never had any rehab experience. But my team is trained. They know, okay, we're going to kind of reconcile this number. If it needs less than $65,000 worth of repairs, they're going to bump up the flip offer. If it needs more than $65,000 worth of repairs, they're going to bump up. I'm sorry, they're going to bump down the flip offer. Okay? So when we go through this, again, what's part of this package? Here's the street view. Street view tells a little bit of a story. So I'm looking at this property from the exterior. From the exterior, and again, this is just kind of like taking like an educated guess. I'm looking at the exterior of this property, and I'm saying, okay, I bet this property isn't absolutely terrible. You know, from the outside, not that it's just been renovated, but, you know, it's it's in decent condition, and I doubt that it's a full gut rehab. This is where the property is located on Google Maps. This is public record. I like public record for a lot of reasons. One thing I like to look at is the last sales date. If there is a recent last sales date, we're going to have a good idea um, based on when it sold, what the property might be worth. Of course, we want to verify, you know, bags, baths, year built, square footage, all that good stuff. I like to look at assessed value. Assessed value obviously is not what the house is worth. Assessed value in recent years is typically a lot lower than what the property is worth. But it's kind of a good marker because it, it sometimes will help me with a property that might be worth a lot more than I think it might be. And it helps me to kind of like double and triple check my comps if things don't make sense. Okay. Prior MLS history, sometimes this helps us a lot. Sometimes there's photos, things of that nature. This year, it expired for $67,000 in 1995. That doesn't tell me a whole heck of a lot. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, but this is, you know, quite a bit of ways. This estimate, I like this estimate again, just kind of as a marker. To say, okay, you know, Zillow thinks it's worth two hundred thousand. Over the past few years, I found that typically Zillow is a little bit more on the lower side, and if I renovated it, typically it's going to sell for a little bit more. Okay, ARV comp. Like I said, after repair value is the number that we use in order to calculate what my offer should be. The formula that we use. We take the after repair value, what we think the house is going to be worth done. We multiply it by 70% and then subtract repairs. That gets us to what our offer should be. Okay. So 238,000 times 70% minus the repairs gets us to a number that we feel comfortable offering on, that we feel comfortable if somebody's in the inner circle and they bring us this deal, we'd be willing to partner with them on. Okay. Again, any questions, please type them into the chat box. This is all done for you if you're in the inner circle. And on my team, I review these just to make sure that they're kind of like good to go. Okay. Then we look at the street scene. The street scene always tells a story because the street scene 
will tell us, hey, is this particular street a lot nicer or a lot worse than what we might think? What I want to look for right now is, are there any properties that sold in the last couple of years on this particular street? And if so, what do they sell for? Okay, here's one 2019 for 200K. Looks like a, a relatively similar property. What do we know about values compared to 2019? Well, we know values are up. So I feel really good that our ARV is in the kind of like 238, 220, 230, 240. Because this property sold three years ago, we know that the market was less. So I'm feeling really good at this point. This one here sold for um, 185 in 2018. Again, that makes sense because if it sold for 185 in 2018, it sold for 195. You know, we've had 10% appreciation, 5, 10, 15% every year from 2018, 2019, 2020. Okay. So, um, so this is the CMA. Again, this is something that you all get. What are the important parts? Number one, if you're in the inner circle, we do this for you, right? Number two important thing is to make sure that you know the formula 70% of ARV minus repairs. Third thing that you know is the after repair value is what is calculated, what the property will be worth when it's done. Again, I'm going to take a look to see if there are any questions on this. I am breezing through a lot of this stuff purposely. Um, I can't you know, spend an hour on each component, but this is the type of stuff that you guys need to know. Again, of course, like the shortcut for all of this stuff is join the inner circle. If you have not signed up for an inner circle call yet, www.agentinvestorinnercircle.com. Okay. Now, the, the other thing I want to talk about quickly when it comes to the inner circle is that we will actually go on the appointment for you. So, if you have a cash offer appointment and you're thinking in your head, well, geez, this might be a house that might go cash, somebody on my sales team will actually go out on the appointment for you. They will help close that appointment for you. Okay. So again, another benefit of being in the inner circle. The contract that we use. The contract that we use, by the way, is just a standard purchase and sale agreement with a couple of tweaks to it. If you're in the inner circle, you get access to all of our contracts. Okay, So just keep that in mind. If you are in the inner circle, you get access to all of these contracts. And again, guys, any questions that we have in here, type them into the chat section. I am checking it. You don't have to have any questions. But if you do, I'm happy to answer them. Standard purchase and sale agreement. What you guys will notice right out of the gate is that this is handwritten. This is handwritten for a reason. This is handwritten because we are not dot looping stuff to people. We are not going to a house, having a handshake, saying, oh, by the way, like if you decide to take our offer later, um, you know, call me later. We're going out there with this standard purchase and sale agreement, and we're going out there. This is very important because if the reason that we're preparing our CMA, our cash offer CMA, is because we know, again, if we let that deal go, somebody else might sign it. If we say, hey, we're going to dot loop this contract to you later, somebody else might sign it. So we're going out there with the purchase and sale, okay? 
One important thing that people always ask me all the time when it comes to wholesaling or assigning is, hey, what do we do? Um, what 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 do we do if we want to assign a deal? And I always tell people like this is so darn simple, um, but it's like almost hard to believe for some people because because it, it is so simple. If you want the ability to assign a contract, all you need in your contract is this verbiage here has the name of our company or its assignee. I'm going to say it again. Going to pause here because this is this is important. And this is a part people get tripped up on. They think you need all of this like advanced contract or language or verbiage. This person, Edgar Ham, selling to our entity or its assignee, meaning this contract is assignable, meaning if we want to sell this contract to somebody else, we can. We don't have to be the entity that closes on this deal. Okay, we got this property under contract. For two hundred and forty thousand, we closed on this property. This property is now on the market. So, like, if you Google this property, what's the address here? One hundred and fifty Auburn in Brockton. So, not that you all want to like just Google stuff in real time and check out what we do, but this property is available on the market right now. I think we just took an offer on this one. And we renovate it. I mean, this is like the cookie cutter standard house needs work. And again, really, really simple stuff, guys. Like we use the formula before we went on the appointment. We had that CMA run. It said we could pay 240. We got an under agreement for 240. We brought out our purchase and sale agreement. Again, if we look through this, what you guys will see is like, hey, you all have seen this contract before. This is a purchasing sale agreement. There's nothing magical in here, right? Um, so a couple people did say they wanted to see the befores. Um, again, honestly, like nothing magical here at all. As this kind of comes to pull up, again, like what are you guys like focused on here? And this stuff is just all really, really simple, right? Because I want to kind of come back to like the beginning phase of like what we talked about in the beginning, which is, you know, agents, they come across these type of um, opportunities by accident, right? You all literally go on appointments like this. They're, they're, they're deals that you guys kind of like tend to kind of like pass up. You might be going into an appointment like this where, you know, you're trying to convince the seller to list their home or to make repairs on their home. And, and, and it's really just, it's when somebody is telling you, no, I, I don't want to do repairs on my home. You know, it's when somebody's telling you that they would prefer an easy sale. It really comes down to like the questions that you're asking them and figuring out, again, how you can help them. And I think more than anything else, that's what you really want to think about is when you're going into an appointment and you're knowing that like, hey, there's a 10 to 20% chance that this seller would rather sell to an investor because of the ease, because of everything else, than sell directly, than, than sell on the MLS. And you've identified like whether the property needs help or there's a death or there's a divorce or there's financial problems or there's some reason why it might make sense for this person to sell direct cash. You have to be prepared. You have to do your homework ahead of time. You have to come with a contract. You have to be prepared. You also have to have a way to purchase the house. Again, we talked about like if you're in the inner circle, you have the ability to partner with us directly. 
if you find a deal like this. Um, if you want to learn more about the Inner Circle, www.agentinvestorinnercircle.com. Um, but if you're not in the Inner Circle and you've got the money to do it yourself or you have another partner that you could potentially work with, like however you can kind of get it done works. And as we can see going through these pictures, obviously we're seeing now like, okay, those steps do need you know some repairs. And we took a bunch of photos here, so we probably have more than we need. But um, I'll try to get you guys some of the interiors, but my computer is just being super slow. So make sure that you're just taking advantage of these both so that you can capitalize and also so that your clients get the service they need and they get the outcome that they need. So with that being said, I know I covered a lot today. Do you all have any questions on how to execute on all this stuff? How you would identify any of these properties? Um, any concerns, Any anything that you have that I can help you with right now on how to make sure that if you're going on a cash offer appointment or you're going on a listing appointment, that you can take advantage of it and help the seller. Again, you guys can see now we're looking at the interiors. You know, house definitely needs some work. There's a bunch of stuff in the house. That bathroom doesn't look too pretty. Those floors don't look too pretty. Those ceilings don't look too pretty. So again, like you're not going to go into houses like this every day. You might only go into like one or two houses like this a year. But don't sleep on the condition either. There can be plenty of times where the condition can be nice. But their top objective is not necessarily to get top dollar. They might want the ease of a sale. So again, I'm going to look in the comment section just to see if there's anything else. But I, if there aren't any other questions, I just really want to wrap on the fact that, guys, um, this is the I get questions every day from people in the inner circle to go on appointments with them, to run comps for them to help identify whether a property is a good investment opportunity. So if you're listening and you're in the inner circle, make sure if you have a cash offer appointment that we're going out with you, if you have a cash offer appointment potentially that we're running the comps for you, that if you want to partner with us, that you're partnering with us. But again, if you're not in the inner circle and you want to get all of these benefits, just make sure that you're on a call with us by going to www.agentinvestorinnercircle.com. Just doing like one or two deals like this in a year, it can add 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, $100,000 to your bottom line without you having to change anything and with you actually servicing your client better. So I don't see any questions popping in. Of course, if you guys do have any after the fact, um, please type them in the comment section. And we'll be back next week. Every Tuesday at 11, we have a live stream. Make sure you're live. You can ask questions and all that good stuff. All right, guys, I will talk to you all next week. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Agent Investor Podcast. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other agents and reviewing the show on iTunes. Every time you share the show and leave a review, you are potentially changing someone's life. To get free weekly education, strategies, and to connect with other agent investors across the country, join our free Facebook group at agentinvestor.com. Again, that's agentinvestor.com.